Hello and welcome to Small Batches with me, Adam Hawkins. In each episode, I share a small batch of the theory and practices behind software delivery excellency. Topics include DevOps, Lean, continuous delivery, and conversations with industry leaders. Now, let's begin today's episode. First, a bit of news. John Willis's book on Deming releases an ebook form next week on IT Revolution Press. I've read a draft of this book and it's wonderful. It provides so much background and context to Deming that you don't find in his own books. The print version drops in January 2024. I highly recommend this book. I'm stoked to share my thoughts on the book soon. Hopefully I can even get John back on the show to talk about his process for writing the book and his thoughts on Deming himself. Now that that's out of the way, a short story. A team member deployed a change that did not work as expected. The PR was appropriately reviewed and the test passed. The problem and fix was clear shortly after deploying. The API we used did not behave as expected. We tested to the contract, deployed, and learned that that was insufficient. We needed to make a second API call. We committed a change that updated the unit test, pushed to master, deployed, then boom, problem solved. This led to a discussion about the gaps in the test suite and how we might close them. The discussion centered around the most important concept in software design, boundaries. I'll share that discussion with you now. What exactly is a boundary? It's an interface. It's a separation of concerns. It's a hard line. It's a line of bounded context. It's a contract. Coupling happens on the boundaries. Consider a simple create, read, update, delete service. Imagine the code to read all the records in the system. Say that the records are stored in a Postgres database. One implementation imports the PG driver, creates a connection, makes an SQL query, then parses and returns the results. The boundary in this case is the PG driver. Now imagine one step higher on the abstraction ladder. This implementation imports an ORM library. The code calls functions and return a response. The boundary is the ORM in this example. Again, imagine one step higher on the abstraction ladder. This implementation imports an internal repository class. The code calls a specific fetch all function on the repository and returns the response. The boundary is the internal repository class. Each time we move up the abstraction ladder, more is encapsulated behind the boundary. The first example has little abstraction. It's just making raw database calls. The second example moves higher by abstracting away the SQL with function calls. The third example completely abstracts away the data store. Now imagine how you might test each of these implementations. In the first example, you could mock the DB driver itself. This would be cumbersome because there may be multiple functions, function signatures may just be a bit weird, and there could be nested functions with return values that also need mocking. It would work, but it's problematic. And this is unlikely to work in the first place because dependency injection is not likely not possible to even inject your mock. In the second example, you could mock the ORM. This is less cumbersome but doable. There may be fewer mocking points and easier function signatures. And perhaps you're actually able to use dependency injection. In the third example, you mock the repo library you created. 
This is trivial because you own those interfaces. Your mocking library may even automatically generate a mock for you. You inject the mock repo into the code. Tests for message passing are trivial at this point. Writing code like the third example will take you very far. The structure allows you to write very fast tests that check that your code calls its dependencies as expected and behaves correctly when its dependencies return X, Y, or Z. This, along with some simple smoke tests in the deployment pipeline, is a fantastic starting point. The inflection point in that simple pipeline occurs when defects escape to production because of missing integration tests. This is the Kanban, or pull signal, to expand the test suite. Imagine a test like, given I have added X records, when I request all the records, then I should see X records. The test describes the system behavior from a user's perspective. It also aims to execute as much of the code as possible. How would you write this test in the different implementations? Let's consider the first and third implementations. The first implementation couples the code directly to the DB driver. The boundary is the database. Database records must be added and tests will hit the database. Perhaps there are some concept of fixtures available. Direct database calls to enter the test suite. It would work, but it's brittle and coupled. The third implementation uses a repository class. The boundary is the class. This creates a few options. One option is actually connecting to the DB and letting the repository do its thing against a real database. Another option is to create a fake data store that, quote, writes and reads records in memory. In each case, the repository is constructed, then injected into the code. The consumer is oblivious to what happens on the other side of the boundary. The test code is the same either way. These boundaries enable us to decide just how much we want in the system under test at a given time. I am particularly fond of the repository pattern because it creates a strong boundary around the center of most applications, the data. Once I have that boundary, I double down hard. I've used the boundary to completely punt on data store selection or even schema design. Instead, I used an in-memory store to drive integration tests and then use the integration tests to drive unit tests. Eventually, we did select a data store, though the code didn't change. We just added more tests to the repository. I believe that Dave Farley tells similar stories of his own experience. I've leveraged the boundary differently throughout the deployment pipeline. I've used an in-memory store for tests that run on the commit hook. I've used integration tests with in-memory stores as a gate to integration tests with real data stores. The boundaries are not just around databases. I place boundaries between my code and all external systems. The tests for the small batches Slack app have a fake Slack that they connect to with a real DynamoDB data store backed by a local DynamoDB. The boundaries allow me to decide just how much is included in the system under test at any given moment. This is only possible by adopting two good software engineering practices. One, use dependency injection as much as possible. Code with injected dependencies is always easier to test, thus easier to change and develop. Two, is always write to first-party interfaces. In other words, own your APIs. Don't couple yourself to third-party code. Writing your interfaces means reducing coupling and more narrowly focused interfaces. Both make code easier to test, thus easier to change and develop. 
If you adopt these practices, then you'll eventually find hexagonal architecture, also known as ports and adapters. This is basically the concept of boundaries and layers. Once you get that going, then you can establish the two core test-driven design feedback loops, BDD at the integration level and TDD at the unit level. The first one driving the app from the top down, and the second driving the app from the bottom up. All these choices reinforce and leverage each other. All right, that's all for this batch. Visit smallbatches.fm slash 97 for links on boundaries, hexagonal architecture, link to John Willis's book on Deming, and ways to support the show. I hope to have you back again for the next episode. So until then, happy shipping.